Hey there, it's Maddie. We missed you last week during fall break, but this is the first of two more episodes that remain in our first semester of this podcast. Forgive us for the sound challenges in this episode. With Kikau being in the process of his big move, we didn't have all the sound equipment that we usually do, but we just didn't think we could take another week away from y'all, so bear with us. Uh, and don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. The Maddie and Kikau Podcast Show The Maddie and Kikau Show The Maddie and Kikau Podcast Show Hello, and welcome to Carefully Taught, teaching musical theater with Maddie and Kikau. A podcast to discuss musical theater pedagogy and create a community of sharing amongst musical theater educators. Feel free to email us at carefullytaughtpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at carefullytaughtpodcast. On today's episode, we're just checking in because Kikau and I haven't just talked just us much lately uh so like this is the just the two of us episode or as i like to refer to it uh beauty and the beast oh my gosh it's like <laughs> i knew i knew it was coming but in this but in this case i'm not even sure like who's the beauty who's the beauty? oh you are clearly the beauty uh <laughs> you and all that rowing that you do there um, you go. <laughs> so i mean i'm so glad that we're doing this we 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 had been texting with each other and basically yeah. said, hey, I think it's time for us to just have an episode. And I think that's where we are. Yeah. There's so many things uh, to talk about and so much going on and just, just checking in, too. Um, but because you're, you're in the middle of the move and I don't, you know, how is that all going? It's going well. Um, I, certainly, if anyone is having a, uh, a, an, up, an upcoming move of some sort, reach out. I had some tips and tricks, um, but yeah, it's been interesting. We're, we aren't just going from one rental situation to another. We are, in fact, selling our condo in Richmond and um, going to a situation where we're renting for a bit of time, and the eventual goal will be to uh, purchase something when we're in Philadelphia. So it is. it does feel like this in-between space, um, you know, lots of self-care, um, take things one at a time, make to-do lists. Uh, I mean, I'm just sort of throwing these things out because it's all of these things that I wish someone had mentioned to me. Um, yeah. But you've sold your place. We have. We are currently under contract or in contract, under contract. Um, so we do have a, a little bit of time remaining. I feel, I feel on... like that happened so fast. It did. I mean, this is this market. This yeah. is where we are, right? Yeah. Um we had multiple offers, uh, and here we are. Uh, we also, just to give it some context, in Richmond, Virginia, uh, we live in what is called Scott's Edition, um, which is a booming new area, like new restaurants across the street. We live down the street from uh, a, a movie theater. There's brand new buildings popping up everywhere. So it's just one of the, we, we are not surprised that um, people were interested in viewing our space and and um, eventually purchasing. So we're, we're when, excited. When do you actually start the new position? Yeah, so the new position, um, I officially begin teaching for University of the Arts in January. 
Um, but I have been contracted to um, do all sorts of things like um, serve on a, a search committee, um, rewrite curriculum, attend weekly uh, leadership meetings. I am going through the process right now of um, auditioning new uh, incoming students. So wow. I am certainly doing the job. I am doing everything but living there and teaching. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been, it's been great. You're living there some of the time. Yeah. Right now I'm going, we're in that point of view where we're going back and forth. We're, we're spending some time here, some time there, uh, but we'll eventually a hundred percent be there. And yeah. as a as a West Coaster through and through, I'm curious, how far apart are these two places? Are you driving back and forth or flying or Oh my gosh, this is so funny that you're asking that. Um it's about 250 miles. Okay. Um and so it's about 4 4 to 5 hours. I when I lived in San Jose, California and would drive down to Anaheim for a Disney trip, that's about <laughs> 5 hours. So <laughs> I've been I've been saying it's like going to Disney but the other way. Mm -hmm. Um and we've now done a drive, I've done a train and I've flown as well like in the last couple of weeks all of yeah. those things have happened. So yeah, any anything's really possible. It is a quick flight for sure. Mm -hmm. Um and also a pretty enjoyable drive mm -hmm. if anyone's, you know, just right right <laughs> up the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and what about you? You were checking in with me, but tell me what is what is happening in your world right now. Yeah, well, uh, as we're recording this, um, you know, I'm I'm well into the semester, right? It's like I think somebody said earlier that we're like ten or eleven weeks in, or something like that, out of a sixteen week semester. So we've o we're over the hump. We've done we've done midterms, and and I know I've said this to you offline. I don't know if I've actually said on the podcast, but I have really forgotten how much I enjoy teaching in person. Like it's, we made it work on Zoom for sure. And, and, and there was a lot of things that were wonderful about that experience. Um, boy, that sounds privileged to say out loud, but you know, it, it, there was things that worked for me and my family. But man, oh man, is it's it's an entirely different thing to be in the classroom, and I I have so enjoyed reconnecting with students. I'm not directing this semester, which is unusual for me, and so, you know, when I'm at school, all of my energy is focused on my classes, which has been it's been really great, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I it's I think the students are enjoying it too, and 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 there have been so many wonderful things uh, that we are changing about the program with the with the way that we're approaching um, inclusivity and and the students are just they are on board I've got the best students I, I know that you're excited about your students too but I, I've got the best students I'm just really having a good time that is great and just remind me uh, I'm, I'm assuming California it's masked up it's yeah. just something everyone's wearing masks and we're maintaining some sort of distance or what, what is yeah. the deal with that? Yeah. So at, at Chico state, um, in fact, I, th I believe all of the CSUs, all, all of the campuses, um, vaccinations are required. Uh, you can apply for exemptions, but I think I heard yesterday that it was like 93% of people on our campus are vaccinated, um, because so few did exemptions. So people are vaccinated and we're masked, uh, whenever we're inside. Um, the one exception was our, our fall musical, which again, I didn't direct, 
uh, we are doing Polka Dots, the Cool Kids musical. And um, we were able to apply for a special process. We actually adopted the process that athletics is using, where they, they're just doing uh, they're implementing testing like every three days or something. And as long as the tests continue to come back negative, students were able to perform without masks. We started the process and they were masked, but the dancing and the singing and uh, polka dots is, as you know, because you, did you direct it or produce it or you? you... Yeah, we produced it at yeah. Virginia Repertory Theater. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Love, it's love so cute, so but it's larger than life and it's childlike and it's wonder. And so all of the running and everything that was happening, the students were really having a hard time. And so the production manager went straight to the top and she got special approval for the production. And so that was, pr that was pretty cool. And we're starting to see a little bit more of that, like special applications being, I just got approval to do my, um, my auditions class, their final, they're going to be able to do their audition. Uh, it's like almost like a showcase that we do as our final for auditions. And, and they're going to be able to do that without masks and, and stuff like that. So they're starting to come off. It's We still haven't gotten any word on what's happening next semester. Uh, but we are, you know, we are counting on being able to perform in person with some kind of a live audience, whether it's socially distanced or not, I don't know. But we aren't required to maintain social distance at school because we're masked and vaccinated. That, uh, according to the university, is sufficient. That is amazing. That sounds great. I just, uh, as you know, came back from New York. I went to see Little Shop of Horrors, Hades Town in Six. All of those audiences were completely full. Um, the vaccination obviously gets checked at the door and everyone was wearing masks. Um, it was, I had seen some theater here uh, in Virginia, uh, but not like that, not where it is completely 100% full, at least the theaters that I was in. So um, what is just that, an interesting thing. What does that look like? Like you literally show them your ticket and then show them your vaccination card? Is that? It's actually the other way around. Um, oh. you, <laughs> You uh, show them the vaccination tip in, in all three of those theater spaces. There was someone either at the door, near the door, or in the case of um, six, they were sort of further away, like sort of around the corner. And hmm. we, we started the line there. You go through some sort of security, and then you show your ticket. Mm -hmm. um, they have a great app uh, that, by they, I mean New York City, um, and you can p upload your vaccination status. It's called NYC COVID safe. Hmm. And basically you can put like your vaccine and whatever in one space. And so uh. you don't have to look for it on your phone. They can see your ID, your vaccination, super, super quick. Um, and yeah, it was great. I mean, all it, it felt like we were back to the normal times for just a brief moment, even though what we entered into was sort of abnormal, but great. so so super you safe. you had to be vaccinated to see the show, but did you stay masked while you were watching it? Is that what you said? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You stay masked while watching it. Now, part of this is the Broadway theaters themselves. Part of this is actors' equity uh -huh. um, requiring these protections for the performers. I mean, I think it's a lot of different um, agencies speaking to each other um, yeah. for, for the, to coordinate something like this. Uh, but I am imagining that eventually um, this will be what university theater or yeah. regional community theaters might look like uh, just because once again, we're, we're tripling up on the safety of 
uh, viewing theater, which yeah. is key. It'll be interesting to see how it all develops, and, and fingers crossed we don't see some other variant and another surge or wave or whatever it's called, um, because it sure does feel good to be in the same place as other people. Um, yeah. Like I said with the teaching, it's just it's just there's something i mean i think we as human beings crave community and theater and the classroom those are two places where you really get an instant community where you're experiencing something with other people and i and i think our souls need that i think it's really good for us um so i'll be i'm i'm optimistic so one of the things that i wanted to touch base with you on is you know how do we feel like it's going are you are you getting feedback are you are you i mean how how is this podcast working for you? I love this question. I feel like, um, you know, we went into this uh, a little blind. You know, we sort of, we hoped that we would find great guests. We have found great guests. We hope that we would find an audience. We've definitely found an audience. Um, and so for me personally, it feels like it is in line with the like, my own personal mission, my my love of like the media and and of musical theater and of teaching. It just it feels and me really, and me your and love you, for me. And you, yeah. and you, and you. <laughs> but I mean, it, that that goes without saying. But but truly though, all of these things just feel like okay, this all really works. And um, so for me, it feels like things are going well. Um, and already the wheels are turning for future episodes for future semesters um yeah what about you what, what well, feedback are you getting well i'm i first of all i'm i'm so enjoying it i'm i'm enjoying not only um I'm really enjoying recording it with you, and, and like I said at the very beginning, having having an excuse just to to share space with you and to share ideas, and and that's fantastic. I've really enjoyed the great guests that we've had so far, and one of the things that's been really interesting for me is I'm experiencing it both as a participant in the conversation, but then I experience it again when they're released, and I listen to them, and I'm like, oh yeah, Rick said some really cool stuff, or David said some really cool stuff, and um and and that's just been that's been thrilling um, and and so much fun and and it's been fun to see you know this, I guess this is a perfect time to interject. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast because that's starting to happen and people are sharing uh, sharing what we're doing with other people and the audiences you know are growing with each with each episode and and that's just been really fun. Um, you know I think as we continue we're we're musical theater directors, teachers, actors were not technicians. I think one of the things that we've definitely seen some speed bumps along the way is us figuring out the technology. Um, the, the, the one last week, or sorry, the one that we, re <laughs> the one that we recently released with Kalia, um, was such an incredible episode um, and it is one of the first ones that we we recorded so like listening back it was it was interesting to see how far we've come with uh, the the sound because we couldn't not release it because she's brilliant and we had to like share what she was saying with all of our listeners but um, you know it was too bad that we were still figuring it out at that point and I'm so grateful to our our, our listeners that they're they worked through those speed bumps with us um, because, uh, like I said, it's been really fun to see it grow and grow. Um, do you have anything to add to, to the, that? Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think hopefully that aspect will just get better and better. Um, I will also say 
you know, trying our best to um, to frame each episode or to 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 market to put it out there. I I just want to acknowledge the fact that it's a pretty niche thing yeah. that we're doing. I mean, it's pretty specific. So it's like I know that we're speaking to a lot of our friends already, but I know that there are people who we've never met in our lives who are listening to us and who are interested in what we have to say. And um, yeah, I just want to acknowledge that. It's like this interesting thing where we're, we want to be able to, as we discuss a lot, open up those communities. Um, and so you you don't quite know what what, what how an episode's going to be taken um, and and absorbed mm-hmm. um, and that will also be developing as we move through these weeks yeah for sure um and you know if you are somebody that's never met us please email us and tell us that you're listening and tell us what you think because you know email us at carefully taught podcast at gmail that's what it is right i said that right that's right uh, <laughs> i didn't rehearse that part um because uh, we want to meet you and we want to, again, as we say in the intro, we're trying to create community. We're not just uh, doing this podcast to hear ourselves talk. Um, so um, there's so many things that I want to touch base with you on that we haven't talked about lately. I don't know. I, do you want to start? I mean, what, what are some, what are, what's, some, what's something that you want to touch base on? Oh, my gosh. I mean, something for me right now is... Um... I mean, I'm going through a lot. I, I curriculum changes, as I mentioned, um, uh, audition season for incoming students, or even recruitment practices. Um, I'm throwing these things out there, but and 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 it is both completely overwhelming and like blissful. Like I love, <laughs> I love that I have the privilege and the opportunity to be in these spaces um, and to have a, a a say on on. The, the evolution of, of specifically academia, of musical theater and academia, it, it, it does feel like, uh, and we acknowledge it each week with these guests, that the industry remains to be a moving target, hmm. uh, that we are um, hoping to bring the students that we are bringing into our program to to that industry so i just I, I i'm painting these big bold colors to say um there's a lot there's a lot that comes with um the program direction with the um mentorship that we uh are are uh, that is part of our job yeah you know how are you doing auditions with this current situation yeah, we're doing them in a couple ways. Um, we are doing the um, conference circuit, you know, mm-hmm. the the bigger kind of conference spaces. In some of those, that is a virtual audition. So some of those are are uh, for watching videotaped auditions. Um, we have separate, specific to University of the Arts, both virtual days as well as in-person days so have not done the in-person days yet but those are coming um but we do the the next sort of step are these virtual in-person so um incoming or i should say interested students uh upload their 32 bars and perhaps their monologue and and all of their information a little clip of them dancing 
uh, they get pre-screened mm-hmm. and then we meet with them and spend about 15 minutes with them individually on, on particular days, have them potentially sing uh, one or both of their pieces um, and and have an opportunity to just discuss the program and see if it's a good fit. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a pretty it's, it's a pretty simple process. I know that sounds complicated, but it really is geared toward um, getting to know who the students are uh, and letting them have the opportunity to get to know who we are. Yeah, because it's a it's a mutual relationship. That's one of the things that I really struggle with, with the some of the, the, the history of the musical theater landscape is all of these lists that just try to rank the best schools and and you know I, I I really am of the mindset that there's no such thing as the best school there's the best school for for the student and mm-hmm. um, and so I think it's really great that there's an opportunity for you not just you the program coordinator to con- connect with the student and interview them but them interview you a, a, as well because they you know you're entering into the relationship together that's what I'm trying to that's say. Right. Um, and I also, I just want to input, I also do not subscribe to the best of yeah. programs. I mean, I, it just doesn't really make sense that, that there is some either um, one individual person or even a governing body that says this is the best. It's like, well, okay, That's, that is their opinion and, um, and might be helpful towards pointing interested students in your way but really has nothing to do with what's factual which with what is day-to-day instruction and rigor and you know um teaching of technique i just i just doesn't really add up but i I totally agree with you yeah i mean and the other thing that's just problematic about it from my standpoint is it, the the ranking lists um, and there are bazillions, so we're not calling anybody out. But the ranking lists all have their own measure of what success is, and most of them define success as you know Broadway credits of the alumni or some variation thereof. And I just I'm just so tired of this of a system that defines that as the only way to succeed in musical theater. I mean. Broadway's great. I can't wait to go to New York for the next time. The next time, and I have a list of shows that I'm desperate to see. But there are a lot of ways that you can be a musical theater person and never even go to New York. You know, so that right. that was one of the things that I really struggle with. One of the things that I I've been really eager to talk to you about is, and it's been a little while now that it came up, but I have continued to think about it. These articles and these conversations about Alice Ripley and mm-hmm. the grooming um, that she is accused of uh, participating in while uh, her next to normal Broadway and subsequent productions, uh, not productions, but the, the tour took off. And I, I've, I really want to he- hear your thoughts on this because I have I have some and I, I'm, I'm, I would love to hear you know, I mean, I don't know, I guess maybe we should summarize for the listeners that don't know the details. Do you mind just talking through what what's yeah, come up? I wish I honestly was just going to point to that because I just don't want it to feel like this open ended thing. It, right. It's something that that has um, definitely took over the social media space and 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 was a quick burn, 
not saying that it's not it's no longer important, but there was a period of time where this is like what everyone was talking about. Um, and and you might be able to summarize this better if it's sort of on on your yeah. mind. But yeah, tell everyone what. Yeah, happened. well, I mean, uh, if I'm the details um, are important, but just just to, to quickly run down what she's been accused of as is while um, while she was really in the spotlight for her incredible performance in Next to Normal, uh, she developed and cultivated relationships with young people. Um, and there's a handful of people that have come forward now to, to, to accuse her, for lack of a better word, of this. Um, nobody that I have heard, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but nobody I, that I have heard has accused her of um, like sexual assault or anything like that, but they've accused her of cultivating these uh, relationships that are were almost cult leader-like in the way that uh, there were these special bonds created that then became a little uh, manipulative. Uh, I don't know. Can you chime in here? Because I'm worried I'm going to explain it wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why it's almost why when you said, hey, <laughs> will you do it? I was like, maybe you should do it. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think you're, you're sort of painting it right. I, this is all, um, so much of this is allegations. Right. That's and, important to clarify. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm not sure even if anything was, oh my gosh, legally blonde, substantiated. Um, I'm not sure if, if anything was, you know, uh, really made clear. I do know that this did erupt from um, a, an outing on TikTok. On TikTok, right? so yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so that's another part of the social media conversation that 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 particular app burns very quickly. It's like if you have something that you want to talk about, it can be seen by a lot of people very quickly. Um, and I think that's right. What what you've claimed is right. Um, so maybe taking Alice Ripley out of this, yeah. yeah, looking at just just what happened or what's happening there. Um, what are your immediate thoughts or concerns? Well, one of the things that was interesting to me about it is that it was the first time. I, now, this is not an area that I'm an expert in. Right. I, so I, I, I know what I've read and and I am confessing a certain level of ignorance. But I have never I had never heard the word grooming used when it didn't ultimately lead to uh, abuse, uh, physical abuse or assault. And that reframed it for me a little bit. And it made me think about. um the legacy of dysfunctional relationships in musical theater and theater education between mentors and their students and um and how problematic you know we are emotional beings we are emotional creatures i'm not defending anything uh but i think partially because of that 
I look back now, reading these conversations that were in the media surrounding Alice Ripley, and because of that, I started thinking about my own life and my own experiences as a young person interested in, in theater and musical theater and the people that I idolized, the directors, the teachers. Um, and I can, I can go through my own personal life and really look at some relationships that in retrospect were not healthy, that the adult did not take care of me. I was never, I'm not accusing anyone of any sort of um, assault, uh, but I was in some pretty abusive mentor relationships. And I don't think that that's uncommon, especially because I'm admitting that it was at all levels, children's theater, high school theater, university theater. I look at the way that I was treated and my mentors treated me and I I just I can't even believe it. And it's 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 there are a lot of parallels between that and that idolization abuse that Alice participated in in the way that she uh, allegedly groomed the people uh that were fans of hers. And I'm um so I I think that that's a big, a big thing that we as musical theater educators, I think in my experience, we've moved away from some of that, but it's plagued us. I think that's part of, I think emotional abuse and manipulation of people in power in theater has plagued our our history. And, and um, I definitely think that it's led to, you know, personal issues that I've experienced. And so I, I, I am very excited about moving forward, having a better understanding of that dysfunction mm -hmm. and being committed to not being that kind of uh, abuser or, or groomer. Yeah, I think that this is right. Um, Rick Ettinger discussed how in the university college system, we are modeling behavior that should be then expected in the industry. Mm -hmm. and you are right in saying that it's possible that students are coming to us um, in the university system having had negative experiences um, of all kinds and that we are um, to some degree dealing with the potential traumas that they may have experienced and and that is part of this like life right so you're talking about something that happened potentially for you in the past and that you're seeing it in a different and new way and and are dealing with it. Um, and I think that that's right. We as a society are learning to um, have these more open discussions about things, um, call out abusers and abuse, and to to make improvements where where some of that space, you know, where the opportunity for that may not have been previously. Um, I just want to say, just reading this, um, Alice Ripley denied allegations that she groomed her young fans and claimed her actions were misinterpreted. So once again, these things have just not been substantiated. Uh, the Broadway star insisted she was innocent of all vile accusations, and um, Ripley claimed that performances of her musical, uh, quote, were truly safe spaces for people who had been touched by mental illness, unquote. Mm -hmm. So once again... According to her, none of these things happened. She issued an apology, but denied the specific grooming accusation. Yeah.
Yeah. Um, thank you for that, that clarification. Uh, I don't think the, 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 so the things that I read about that particular circumstance did not feel unique to me and whether or not they happened, um, I would say that I know they happened to other people because I think mm -hmm. some of them happened to me and right. I'm very excited about a future musical theater education landscape where our students are safe. Do you, so here's a, um, what are your thoughts? I, so I have very um, clear lines with my students with regards to, they. I believe that for the most part, they know that I care about them as, as humans. I believe that. But, you know, I they don't, they don't have my phone number with the exception of whatever stage manager I'm working with in a, partic a particular production because things come up last minute and they need to be able to get a hold of me. Students don't have my phone number. I don't follow them on social media. I, uh, they don't know where I live. I mean, things like that. I, I, try, I try to keep boundaries uh, with the relationships because I think it's important you know, and, and this is what I actually thought, I thought you were going to say a moment ago about Rick, is he also talked about, um, I am not your parent. I am not, you know, I, I, the, this is, I'm here for you, but I, here are the, here are the boundaries. Um, and, and I try to do that. But what are your thoughts on where those boundaries are? Mm. What do you mean where? Like mm. you, you mean for myself? Yeah, yeah, for you. Like I, I'm not asking you to to come up with a hard line for the musical theater educator industry, but for me, like I said, I don't I don't connect with them on social media. They can follow me on Instagram because I'm mostly just posting pictures of my cute children anyway, um, yeah. and then every so often something a little political. But um, I don't follow them, and I don't right. I don't see them on the weekends. I don't have coffee with them. Like there are. There are lines for me because I think yeah. it's important for them to know the boundaries. I, I will say that this for me has been an ever evolving thing. When yeah. I first began teaching, you know, I just came out of grad school. I was like, I'm young and hip, like follow, follow me here. Here's my, uh, you know, Instagram handle. Let's do, you know, let's collaborate in this way. Um, and I do realize that there are some, um, boundaries that over the years I've had to mm -hmm. reinstate yeah. um, for my own for my own health and wellness. Uh, but similarly, it, you know, my thought about it always was that um, if you are choosing, let's say Facebook, if you are choosing to add me on Facebook, um, then I wouldn't I'm not going to deny you. But just so you know what that means, that means that I can see your photos. Right. So, <laughs> so I, I would paint the entire picture and say this seems like a good idea, but it's probably not one. Um, and and this is an interesting time. Right. These years from 19 years old to 23, you know, I'm just whatever these that age is. This is they are adults. Right. So there is this confusing time that feels like I'm an adult, you're an adult. And it's like, no, 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 we are, there do need to remain right. true boundaries here. So I, I am in ag agreement with all of your, um, with all of your steps. And, and if anything, my technique is to just say all of it. Like I'm going to paint this whole picture part, 
part of my whole shtick is following me on Instagram, right? Like, great. But then what that means, like my responsibility as a, as an artist, as an educator is to, to keep my Instagram, like family friendly, like, you know, that, that just to keep things light and whatever. Right. So I, that is, that is my point of view with my space. Mm -hmm. Um, and might not be true for, for others. Mm -hmm. I know that not everybody has, uh, and I respect this, uh, I, I, not everybody has the same sort of um, boundaries. Uh, I mean, I know I have professor friends that like have people, have students over, like groups of students over for dinner or, or reading parties at their house of plays. And, um, and for me, it's just, uh, I, I just think it's important to to have really clear boundaries of a relationship so that um, so that situations like this grooming that we're talking about, which was what started it all and which I don't think I always as a student had clear boundaries set by the people who I was looking up to. Um, I just think it makes it clean and clear once you graduate. I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> you can. I will follow you on Instagram if you're interested in that. I mean, whatever. But while we're students, I think it's just important to have those those uh, clear expectations laid out. Yeah, and I'll say, you know, each. I, I don't like you said. I don't think we could make some sort of declaration no. for all educators everywhere mm. because I do think if if I was part of a smaller school situation, like there's a world where, you know, if I had grad students primarily that it's you know yeah. you sort of collaborate in a different way um and you paint an, you know have an interesting example of stage management it's like that should be its own special episode because i feel the same <laughs> way yeah i do where i'm like here's my phone number here's like you know all sorts of things right right um, because there's so many things that that happen and um that we have to kind of be able to quickly communicate on so I totally agree with you. And just, also there are instances that make sense where you need to connect. Yeah. It yeah. It's it's uh I'm glad I didn't grow up in a time with social media. I'm glad I didn't grow up in a time with uh you know, uh texting pictures and and things like that. I I don't know how these young people I don't know how they do it. I I do I want to insert here in case this is the last time we talk about this. I like to think of social media as a space, as a way for me to connect with where they are, right? Like this is the language they're speaking. So I do have a TikTok, but I don't post on TikTok. Like I know that I'm too old for that. <laughs> I'm apologizing to anyone who is disagrees with me. Um, but I do think that like knowing it, being mm -hmm. familiar with it is so important yeah. um, because that's just, that's how quickly, that's where we are. You know, yeah. uh, I'm having Instagram lives because that's where the people are, right? Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, literally so. just yesterday, or maybe it was the day before yesterday, I created an assignment in a, in a syllabus for a class that's being offered next semester for the first time. That's a TikTok, like you're going to do a TikTok about this. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I And, it, and then in order for you to see that TikTok, did you have to create a TikTok account yourself? Oh, I have a TikTok. Yeah, I don't. Oh, but okay. like you, I don't post anything. Uh, uh, that's, that's, yeah. But I, I do have a TikTok. Uh, 
because there was a, there was a series of things that happened about a month ago that all the conversation uh, it was coming around the, it was around the Tonys and, and whatnot and there was like a lot of conversation happening in our field on TikTok and I felt like I had to get on in order to know what was happening. Um, what else? What do you want? What do you? I mean, I sort of that was a long thing, but it was definitely something I wanted to touch base with you on because I. It was a kind of an important realization for me that I had, not so much as a teacher, but as a human, about some pretty dysfunctional and unhealthy relationships that as a, a child, as a young person, and as and then a college student, I, I definitely experienced. And, and it, it brought some things up for me. And, and so I thought it was important that I share that with you and then I guess everybody that's listening, that they're still still listening <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think that um this is just one topic of many i'm sure that are bubbling up for a lot of people right um i i there is the before times there is the now there is the ever-evolving pandemic you know response and i think that um similarly to this industry being this moving target it's like we're never going to really quite settle on anything. So I, the fact that we're, we're sort of dusting these conversations off and having real chats about it is important because people mm -hmm. need to hear that. They need to form these opinions for themselves and, and um, be able to discuss them, you know, open up these lines of communication. Mm -hmm. So uh, what, what's coming up for you? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think my main thing these past couple of weeks is, uh, and I brought this up when we were talking about my move to Philadelphia, but this idea of work-life balance, mm. this idea when you're halfway through a semester of what is the most important thing, and, and sort of in response to what I just said, post-pandemic, whatever that means, post-pandemic, um, <laughs> It, you know, all of that just feels like it's being reformatted and and that I am more apt to say no to a project if it means that I can imagine what that time will be spent doing, right? Like spending time with my husband or puppy or, you know, or, or, uh, or say yes to a project because I know how that will enrich and fulfill my life. So I, there is this interesting time where Philadelphia for me feels like a, a an empty, perfectly blank canvas on mm. which paint will be put. And I kind of get to decide what that looks like and, and get to decide what my what my quote unquote office hours will be. Mm. Um, uh, so is that that is just the conversation that I've been struggling with and having and thinking about and um yeah is that something that is on your mind in any way work-life balance is i think i think that's not an uncommon thing for university professors across the board but especially for people that teach what what we do where not only are you dealing with emotions and feelings in acting classes but you're also um you lots of times we have rehearsals late at night uh like i said i'm not directing this semester so i'm focusing on the classroom and that's been fantastic but i'm looking at at next semester and though we're uh we're removing the the title director from 
uh, from the program. You know, I'm serving as co-creative leader of Legally Blonde, and my partner is also directing in the same semester. So that's going to be, I'm looking forward going, that's work-life balance is going to be challenging. And, and when, you know, I, I, with the kids, it's especially challenging for me because when they're awake, they have all my attention if I'm with them, which is awesome. And it's fulfilling in a, in a, in a incredible way. But like Mattingly, my three and a half year old last night was up from 12 to four o'clock in the morning. So like when you're dealing with that kind of thing and Jamie and I, my partner and I, we shared that responsibility. I think she did probably did about 70% of it. And I did about 30% because she's a saint, but, um, that's hard. And, and the other, the other thing that people don't teach you, but when, when, when musical theater and theater is something that is a release for you and is fulfilling, it's a hobby, it's something that you do for fun, and then you make it your job, um, you lose some of the things, part of your life that used to just be for fun becomes work. And so, you know, I still, I still struggle from time to time having outlets that aren't theater related, uh, if I'm being honest. I, I bought like, I bought another book on Amazon the other day, uh, and Jamie called in. She's like, because she got an alert on her phone because we share our Amazon account. She's like, did you just buy another book? And I was like, yes, I know. I'm not allowed to buy any more books until I read one of the books that I've ordered. I'm like five or six. I have like a stack of five or six books that I've ordered, but I just haven't had a chance to read. Most of them aren't theater related. A couple of them are. But, um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. What do you What do? You I, do? I, I, I love that you're bringing this up because this, <laughs> when I was describing my theater weekend to a, a, a friend who also is in academia, they were like, absolutely not. They just thought there is nothing for them right now that is fun about going to see theater right, right. because they, they're sitting in texts and they're sitting in rehearsals themselves. So yeah, I love that you're saying this. Um, I also have a stack of unread <laughs> books if we're just, admitting things um and and really this is you know as a as a dancer person who likes to move i have found that like the rowing the mm. um i was in like a bowling league it was like with people who had nothing to do with theater and they would ask me well what do you do and i would just be like smile and nod like i just didn't want to talk about mm -hmm. it so it I think similarly, um, I, we are all in search of just finding, once again, that balance. Um, it is something that I truly love. And um, if something is in town, if some show's in town, I'm going to, you know, look for tickets and see what I can do to try to get to see the show. Um, but I, I need to, me personally, I need to um, open up that horizon and, like, find other things and hobbies and do the thing that I teach my students to do. I ask them all the time. One of my first questions is something like, what else are you, I always love finding out what they're into, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something that can completely change from one day to the next. So I love when I throw that question out to a room in person or on Zoom, because they're like, oh, I'm listening to, you know, um, Adele's new song, or uh, I'm reading this, or I'm, I'm, um, thinking about that and it, and it might be art, but it also might not be at all. Um, and I, I have found that, that my push of 
expanding who we are as human beings can only enrich what you're doing in the classroom on the stage it can just make you a fuller person right absolutely characters in a script also have have interests what you know what what how can how specific can we get um in um making these characters we play as human as possible as real as possible Mm mm-hmm yeah um the rowing thing i have and the bowling those are two things <laughs> i have such envy for because the bowling is not only uh physical activity but it's community and and i i i need to find a way to have a community outside of the theater theater has always been a great source of community in fact i think when we talked about why musical theater i that's what i talked about but um you know I, I need to have community outside of that so that I can turn that part of my brain off from time to time. Um, yeah. I, I will say, like, it doesn't take too much to just research, a, like, league or a... Um, in my particular case, we, there's an amazing organization called Stonewall Sports. Hmm. They, it's a primarily LGBTQ plus sure. yeah. organization. Um, and it's amazing because you can do yoga and bowling and kickball and uh, dodgeball. Uh, and all of the money that they raise go toward a variety of different places. So it's, it, I'm simultaneously doing something charitable while having this said community. And, um, and so if, if, a, if a listener of ours what needed to hear that, just type in Stonewall Sports and like wherever you are, I'm sure there's something that's nearby. I just, I have a hard time prioritizing myself, you know, when I've got, when I've got uh, the the yard needs to be mowed and the, and there's always excuses. I fully recognize that, but I'm acknowledging that I just, you know, the yard needs to be mowed and I've got a stack of grades that I need to do and the kids want to go on the swing and like setting that time. I mean, I've just, I've been saying to Jamie now for six months, I just need to like half an hour a day, just go for a walk by myself. And she's like, yeah, you should do that. And I haven't done it. (laughs) Now, are are you somebody who follows a schedule? Like if you were to literally put that in your schedule? Mm. Yes, I do follow a schedule. uh, And I haven't tried to actually put it on. I use Outlook, the Outlook thing, so that people can schedule appointments with me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's the worst. I know. (laughs) As soon as it came out of my mouth, I put my hand across my head. Um, But, uh, yeah, I could potentially try that. That's good advice um oh it's the worst when people say it i can see on your calendar that you have this space free like no yeah um i i would suggest that i mean that's really how i get the rowing done because it's completely it is it's it's a little pricey in parentheses it's a little pricey and so there's that initiative of like oh i've got to go because i'm spending a lot of money on it and then um it's just in my calendar so like i can't not do What's in my calendar? Us meeting today. It was like, great. I, yep. I know where I need to be to have this meeting. So just. That's good advice. You're inspiring there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, is there anything else you want to touch base on before we. Uh, do you have a recommendation? Oh, my gosh. I feel we like didn't I've talk been... about this. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like I've been doing recommendations. You know, here's a recommendation. If you have not, go back and listen to. Um, our best friends episodes 
Um, mm. This I'm not sure actually where this episode will, will fall, but we had a really great time talking uh, to Maddie's best friend David, to mine uh, Jacob, and um, it's it's once again listening back to those episodes. I'm like, oh yeah, that's such a what great advice. Yeah. Or um, I find myself as a listener learning, even though I was well, in the room. <laughs> and what's in, and what's interesting is we we talk a lot about that balance of you know at one point you ask me about. Uh, some time that David helped uh, me in my teaching. And I'm like, he helped me in my teaching by like allowing me to have connection outside of teaching, you know? And so it's it's very much a reflection of what we were just talking about too. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that is a good, that is a good recommendation. Um, all right. Well, what do we, what do we do? Is that it? Are we done? I that's it. I mean, unless you, did you have another recommendation or something that you, what are you into right now? Uh, you know, <laughs> at one point, this is not musical theater related, but that's part of the conversation, isn't it? Um, we had talked about Apple TV and Ted Lasso and Schmigadoon at one point, and even mentioned Central Park. I just went back and watched the first season of The Morning Show. Have you seen this show? I have. I've seen the first season and I've seen a couple episodes. I'm not caught up for season two, but I've seen a couple. It's a really phenomenal piece of television. I have really, really enjoyed it. Um, that and Squid Game. Did you watch Squid Game yet? Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You can't pull my eyes away from something like that. Like, <laughs> the world is watching this thing. What are we watching? Oh my yeah. God, I found myself at the end of it being like, what I'm not sure what I just watched, but I'm totally into it. <laughs> totally. I am also I am also a um, a CBS Survivor fan. Like I watched oh. that TV show from the beginning. I watched. This is a great season of Survivor. But I bring that up to say Squid Game is basically Survivor, but they die. Right. So like, <laughs> it's true. It, it's a, it totally appeals to my competitive. Someone has to win vibe yeah i i love yeah 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 it's uh it's dark anyway yeah all right well awesome. it's good to check in yeah and i hope we do more of these episodes i oh, yeah. really love this i know we have a lot more to, to so many things to unpack. talk about absolutely yeah all right kikau awesome. well thank you thank you music for carefully taught was provided by joshua Haig. for more information visit joshuahegmusic.com